0: All right, folks, we're going to talk about the absolute state of uh, video games for the current year, 2018. So my first big gripe about video games, and this isn't, you know, surely for 2018, this is the uh, microtransactions. And Mm. you find them everywhere. It's getting to the point, you know, like Battlefield 2, Battlefront 2, they had way too many. It was like an integral game component. Which they had got, they got so much like backlash. Disney had to go and bitch at them. So yeah. you know, like they had these card, there's like a trading card game within there. But you like, <laughs> you got to earn points. But I think originally it was going to take like forty hours to earn Darth Vader, which was you know everyone kind of wants to play as them. And it's like the level up thing. You didn't get like really experienced when they first made it. it. Was it was bullshit. The game wasn't even that good either. So that that was a pain in the ass. And that kind of goes along this my second point. It's like loot crates. You see them everywhere. Call of Duty's back, you know, quite a long time going back. I remember uh Call like Black Ops Three had them, and there was a few of them that had like unique weapons. I think World War Two Battlefield or Battlefront, or no, Call of Duty. My bad. Yeah, they're all kind of graying in my mind. They're all a little bit similar, but um, they have these bat like these battle crates. You see people on the beaches of Normandy just opening up like crates gambling crates and that's the whole thing too because it's kind of like gambling aimed at mostly kids oh but it's 18 you know i you're supposed to be 18 years old you know no one listens to those it's like when you go gone to one of them porn sites and you're a little kid it's like oh you're 18 years old yes yes i am you know it says the kid who has like one pube um <laughs> most major games have them these days like even single player games that's what really pisses me off i think there's an assassin's creed game out Like, it was one of the... um, I stopped playing them after, like, the third one. But I think... I don't know if it was... Maybe the one after Black Flag. I think they had, like, loot crates in there. Or, like, microtransactions to access single-player content. I think Dragon Age, like, 2 had these. Which, you know, that's that's bullshit. Why do you need to... uh, And this was, like, day one DLC. That's what really pisses me off. When you make a game, you shouldn't have day one DLC in mind. That's...
1: That just shows that your game's incomplete. And, and what's worse, and add even more insult to injury, is when they have paid day one DLC. Like, sometimes they'll have free. Like I oh, no, well,
0: that's the thing. If it's free DLC, that's that's one thing. I don't really care about that. But if it's paid day one DLC, they're basically extorting you. Yeah. Oh, you already bought this product. You spent $60 on this, like, uh, piece of electronic software all right, we're going to make you, like, put another, you know, $15 on day one, and then you can buy the season pass. That's another thing that pisses me off, the season pass. So on top of your $60 fee, you pay an extra, like, $45 to go and access the whole game that you, you know, back in the day, you'd expect to get this from day one for the most part. You'd expect to get this content, especially for, like, these games might only have, like, you know, good six multiplayer maps. And then when you have the DLC, it's like 12 extra ones, and yeah. then it, it does a really annoying thing too, because once you have that, it kind of creates like this little floodgate. You know, they're the people who actually bought the DLC, like expansion pack, uh, you know, like the um, the major pack to the season pass, and those who didn't. Mm. Like, why, why do we need a season pass when you already paid for a game? Like, it should come with that. Like, if they're gonna have a season pass, like. Make it so that, like, when you buy a physical copy, you get the season pass with it to make sure people don't just go like buy from GameStop or something. I could understand that, but for this, you know, this is way too much, and especially these days when most games are being bought on the, like you know through a service either through like Xbox or PlayStation or Steam or you know good old games. They need to have, they 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 don't need that because it's like a lot cheaper to go and sell them that way when it's like online distributors. Especially, like, you know, first-party games, like, for Microsoft. They, you know, if it was a Microsoft-made game, you shouldn't expect to have... I wouldn't want to have any DLC in there because they literally... They own the uh, software, like, their, their own store if you buy it online. So, like, why, why do we need that? Yeah. Uh, like, Forza 5, that's another good example. That's, like, a first-party game for the Xbox. And I got that. And, like, it only had 100 cars in it. You know, that's bullshit. Forza 4 had, like, 400 cars like when you bought the game new from uh, GameStop or wherever the heck you bought it from. But then Forza 5, you had like 100 of them, and then there's like an extra 400 that you'd either have to go and buy individually, which would be expensive, or you'd have to go and pay for like the uh, season pass, which is expensive. You know, when you spend money, you spend good money on these consoles. Like an Xbox One, you know, especially back then, it probably would have been like five, $600 for this console. And then you get like Forza with it or something, and then you have to go and spend another forty-five dollars on you know the the season pass. That's that's unacceptable to me. That really grinds my gears. It pisses me off. There's no real reason why I think they need to do that. And you see, like just like these triple A games, they're just really pissing me off lately. Because there's so little, like, innovation in many of them. And, you know, like, especially take a look at Call of Duty. Like, they they really barely change things up. And when they do, it's like they go back in time. They remove, like, stuff. Like, Call of Duty World War Two is just, like, uh, what was it? The world's at war. But, like, it was worse. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I just didn't like it. And they had the, they try to go and change up the pick ten system, so it's like they have classes now. But that was the whole thing with like create a class. You, you got rid of those, so now you're getting classes back. It's like battlefield sort of thing. And even battlefield now, I think they're like being more flexible with that stuff. Oh, so battlefield Battlefield
1: is doing quite a bit of innovation in terms of stuff they're changing. Like well, you know, they um, they've always had like the uh, destructible environments being a recent thing, but like they're doing like a whole bunch of new game systems. You know, um. Uh, not maps, but like uh, gameplay options. They're interesting and different. You know, it's, and I, I forget all the specifics because it's been a while since E3, but, you know, they, and they also, like, I remember they said on stage, like, they said, like, no loot crates. Everybody cheered. It's like, Jesus, like, that's gotta be, like, something that gets people excited is when you say no loot crates now. You know, because, like, when they did that in Battlefront too, for people to understand, it's like, they're basically, you know, Setting it up in a way where you either had to do a shit ton of gameplay to get a loot crate, you know, like, you know, 30, 40 hours or whatever it was, get one character, you know, or you'd possibly buy it. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that was the other
0: thing. It was a chance. Or well you, they changed it. Like you had to go well it, that yeah. one I think they changed it so now it's not a loot crate but like you had to go and pay credits in the game to unlock the characters well, like, it,
1: Yeah, you, they they got rid of the, the loot crate system everybody hated and it they, they didn't you didn't have to you, um they got rid of the option to pay for stuff too. So people didn't you No, know, you know. they,
0: they brought it back I think. Really? I think that was just temporary one. Like they said it was just temporary. I haven't played that game since then. Cause it was so like Stupid to progress in that game. I think they brought it back, or they added crystals, or some bullshit like that.
1: Well, I remember they like they at one point removed the pay option so that people wouldn't have an edge in the game because they paid for you know stuff. But the, but I remember they also like you know right when the controversy was happening, like one thing they changed was they're like, oh, you know, we're gonna lower the uh, credit uh, or credits or whatever the currency was that you need to get these loot crates and. Uh, to get unlock, try to unlock a character, but what they also changed was the amount you got in terms of rewards. You got less uh credits or whatever you know currency was used to unlock the loot crate and unlock the character. Like it's just like just jerking you around each way, and you know this all sort of connects to our larger point we're making here is that they're just trying to nickel and dime you like endlessly. You know, and sometimes there's always those stupid microtransactions that give you like, um, you know, a gun or a weapon that's like God mode and that has a complete edge over everybody. And makes the game on you know, uh, 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 you know, an, an over OP you know weapon that makes the playing field totally unlevel. But it's just stupid because you are already paying sixty dollars. Like that's a lot of money, you know, for one game. And, you know, I remember when games used to be, like, 40 or $50. You know, and that was, like, a big deal. But, like, now they're $60. And you're not even giving us the the full package. You're still nickel and dime. It's, like, for aesthetic stuff, like, okay. microtransactions transactions are perfectly fine with that. But in terms of core gameplay, no. They're not fun for me.
0: Well, like, the original Battlefront 2 was more fun. Like, yeah, it looked yeah. like shit compared to this. But it was more of a fun game than the current one. Like, I don't even... I played it, like, for maybe a month because I spent $60 and wanted to justify myself paying that much money for a freaking game. And like, there's just no point in doing that anymore. Like it's, it's bullshit. I should have done some more. Like I should have looked at some more reviews. This is like the last time I buy a game. Like when it comes out relatively soon, I should have looked more into that. And that's, and at least these days, that's one good thing I guess is like they stopped doing as much pre-order bonuses. I think, yeah. I know a few years ago they used to be like a big thing, but now it's not as big. But I still do have these, like, oh, you can pre order and you get like these character skins. But that's fine. I'm fine with stuff like that. Yeah. But way. like, this is getting ridiculous. But like, the worst offender I think with like microtransactions, and they're not even microtransactions, is Star Citizen. Like, they have spaceships in that game, which costs like hundreds, thousands of dollars, I believe. But that's. Like just crazy amounts of money for these ships. Mm-hmm. Like that's like there's the list of ship prices. They have some on there. I can see if I can uh, do it by the fucking pledge cost. They have like one on there, like for uh, like a twenty-five hundred dollars, three thousand uh, dollar javelin ship. Three thousand dollars. You can buy a <laughs> use a. I've bought like cars cheaper than that. <laughs> like, not brand new, but I bought like, I don't think I've ever paid more than like $6,000 for a car. And like my first car I got for 2500 This is as much as it costed me for my first car, if not more. And this was the, um, what's that? The pledge cost, and the original pledge cost was cheaper. Like, it's, and that game is still not even released. It got like, I think, on uh, Kickstarter, like, was like almost like five years ago or something. It's been in development. For such a long time, people put good, good money, good money down on these freaking things. Hmm. Like that's that's ridiculous. And the cheapest one is twenty dollars, but like it's for an in-game item. Like yeah. no, yeah. we don't need like that. That's that's even more than microtransactions. That's like a legitimate, you know, major transaction on a freaking virtual ship that you will never like physically touch. For a virtual in-game ship, that's that's bullshit in my opinion. But you know what else is bullshit? It's the social justice influence that's mm. going into the games. And you know, I thought we had like a war over that. We had the fucking GamerGate. GamerGate, you know, to try to get some of this crap out of here, but it's it's still there, if not worse. And the first thing we have like uh, in Battlefield Five, they have like this bionic commando, like disabled <laughs> woman who's like on their thing. She has like a robot arm, and it's just like in fucking you know, World War II. Like, if this was some, like, you know, uh, diesel punk or steampunk fiction world, I can understand that. But when you want to go and say it's World War II in a semi-historical setting, you want it to be somewhat realistic, and you have bionic female frontline combatants in the trailer. Like, they didn't have arms like that in World War II. Like, no. I don't, and especially, if they're not going to have a disabled woman like that in frontline combat. That, that doesn't make any sense. Now that that's bullshit, but you know, I'll give Battlefield Five at least. It looks somewhat fun to play. Call of Duty World War Two, they they were even worse. I think they had like no swastikas when they had the Nazi flag. They they had like no swastikas oh in the Nazis, God. and um, that was just bullshit. You know, the complete historical revisionism, and this is going on in real life too. You see them like tearing up statues and stuff. But like, you know, when you display the Nazis, they have a swat. That's 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 part of the thing. It's like having a you know, a French guy without the French flag or like a white flag, you know, it's it's yeah. unrealistic. And yeah. then, like, a black female Nazi character, you could be a black female Nazi. Like, that would, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Like, you know, they're usually...
1: Ooh, the Fourth Reich is very progressive.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're they're making the Nazis have to be progressive, and that's, like, very... You know, that's actually pretty offensive to, like, the the people being killed by Nazis when you start seeing, like, a social... Like, I mean, it's pretty funny, though, because it is, like, they are Nazis, like, the the left. Like, they're so much in their ideology. They've created, like, their sort of ideological version of the Nazis. It's like the... uh, in Star Wars, when they have, like the black guy be the stormtrooper, when the stormtroopers were based off the Nazis, and that one fly, you know, at least. Or when
1: fucking Star Wars changes the rules, and spoiler alert, in the Last Jedi has spa- you know spaceships weaponize uh fucking hyperspace, like now you know Call of Duty's like hey you know the Nazis are you I I bet in Call of Duty uh, World War II the Nazis have bumper stickers on their tanks that say diversity is our strength, like they're literally trying to make the nazis diverse
0: <laughs> like, that's, no, that's the whole point they're not diverse yeah. and really not very many units were di- like you might have like a all-black unit in like world war ii but like that's you it and
1: mix. they were rare and that was like, maybe, that's why
0: like, maybe there's one like group that could have been mixed up for a small time i mean i don't know there probably wasn't well they're like were, there
1: was the uh, tuskegee airman that was like an all-black you know uh air squad but yeah. like that's like one of the f- and they were a big <laughs> deal because it was like one of the only ones and like you could have that in call of duty like call of duty is technically tries to be far more historically tries it's important word here to be far more historically accurate than battlefield so for them to do this is like outrageous and stupid and just trying to like hide something that everybody knows and well,
0: yeah at least for the mainline games, like the uh, Black Ops stuff, that's that's his own thing. But, like, yeah, if you're going to be right. a historic Call of Duty game, like, one set in a realistic setting, you're not going to have black female Nazis. Like, that was, that didn't fly in uh, Worlds at War. Why do they need to go put it in there now? Like, Worlds of War was an amazing game. I love World of War. You know, they had a bunch of bugs in there, but, you know, it was a fun game. And I like messing around with the bugs and going under the map and just, like, shooting at people and, and you know being a dickhead mm. that was fun but like this it was like i played the demo for it and it was just kind of bullshit like i didn't think they had that many guns in there as they should have like they had a lot of guns in world war ii to choose from you know there was more guns i think in uh worlds of war i, I think there's more like weapons in there than in call of duty world war ii which didn't make any sense so they probably released more now but i just refused to play that game because it wasn't even all that fun i got bored of it yeah and and then they like the kill streaks in that game were just like god awfully terrible. Like you had to go and like work your ass off to get like this like airstrike thing, but like it was shitty and now like the whole thing was just bullshit and they had classes back, but that like the whole thing of Call of Duty it didn't have classes. You made your yeah. own class.
1: That was such a battlefield thing.
0: Yeah, it's like you know, that's what separates it from like, you know, Team Fortress and Battlefield and stuff like that. But speaking of battlefield, Battlefield One you know, there's a bunch of things that, like, the, the social justice, they're, like, mixed-race squads. Like, half the time you spawn in with, like, you be some, like, black guy in, like, a squad with, like, a white guy in there. That would not have happened in World War One.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like, yeah, there was some black people involved in it, but I don't think they were, uh, you know, it wasn't, like, mixed-race. Like, they didn't have mixed in the squads. It would have been just a black squad. Like, you know, if you want to go and make a game that's progressive, set in the modern era, set in the future. You now people would probably love for you to go and remake Battlefield, like, 2142 or whatever. And they yeah. could have transgender robots and, like, yeah. bisexual, like, black, uh, <laughs> like, aliens in there. But, like, <laughs> you could have, like, an undocumented soldier in that yeah. game if you wanted to. You could do whatever you want to in, like, the future. But when it's the past, you're limiting yourself. Like, if you want to do this, like, creative canvas stuff, you know, go ahead. Another thing that pissed me off, Battlefield 1, was, like, they had... Like, I mean, I guess they kind of had to go and change things up because the guns were kind of boring in World War One. Like, you can go and play Verdun, I guess, if you want super, like, historical accuracy and, like, damage shit for guns. But, like, I don't know. It pissed me off because they had, like, these guns in there that were... That they literally made, like, one of, like, the Hell Regal. There was, like, a picture of one. That's the only thing, like, left. I think it was just a prototype. And they put it in there. And, like, the machine guns felt like useless but they were like one of the main killers in world war one and uh it, it just was like an arcade game. it wasn't even like realistic at all like it was just such bullshit with the uh weapon damage with like the um, heavy machine guns and stuff and you carry around these machine guns which you would not physically be able to carry around and like shoot from the hip there was like i think maybe two like light machine guns that you could really do that with Mm-hmm. And you know, and it honestly, kind of sucked. that like the bar was just shitty in that game, but it would have been one of the best. Like, look at the difference between Verdun, where that was actually a useful gun, even though you could barely see out the sights. And then, like, look at Battlefield One, where it's just like a shitty machine gun that only had like a twenty round capacity because you could carry around a heavy machine gun, just let it go when you're walking. That that doesn't make no sense. Yeah,
1: you know, that's, yeah, that's
0: that's just some uh, bullshit. And like indie games, there you know. Before I get to that, actually, another thing I, I kind of remembered: old school RuneScape. You know, they had a social justice influence in there, mm. where they had like this gay pride event in there, and RuneScape, in a, a game where you can't even say "gay" without like <laughs> that, it would be like xed out when yeah. you have the word on. <laughs> And they had a gay pride event in, like, medieval Gylenor, like you know. <laughs> Yeah, because
1: people, like, gay pride parades were the shit back in the medieval times.
0: Like, I mean, a it's, a, it's a fancy setting, but, like, it doesn't make any sense when you can't even say the word gay.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: why do we need to go and put that in RuneScape? Like, there's, there's no need for that, you know? And the thing is, the people in old-school runescape, they, like, flipped the fuck out over them, like, changing it so that doors were always open. Like, and they, they vetoed that, but they never even put the gay pride event as a votable event. Like, if they would have done that, there's a process. Doesn't matter. But they completely ignored that, and they just started, like, being complete dicks to the players who had a problem with it. Because they don't want to see these, like, politics and stuff, this gender stuff, put into a game made out of, like, clay characters.
1: Yeah, well, because the thing want- is... is- As Gavin McGinnis says, there's two people in politics. People that want to be left the fuck alone and people that won't leave you the fuck alone. And gamers are a type of people that just want to be left the fuck alone. They just want to play their video games and be left in peace. you know. And then you have these people in the gaming industries that don't want to leave them alone. So they're cramming stuff down their throats. Like you have to you know, have this, you have to get this. And especially with something like RuneScape where everything's votable and you force something on them, like, that kind of goes against your whole, you know, uh, uh, purpose or principle in the game. And, you know, it takes, you know, not only does this take people out of the experience, but, like, it gets the community outraged and all that. But that's the problem, you know, with the social justice being thrown into Call of Duty and uh, Battlefield is that it just, it takes you out of the experience. Like, because people are probably going to be saying, you know, why are you so, you know, bitchy and worried about the historical accuracy? It's a video game. Or, or you know, some people always argue, like, Battlefield's always been like this. Yeah, but not to this extent. And the problem with that is, is that you know you're playing a video game. You know some things are going to be a little, you know, f- the, the, the rules are going to be flexed a bit and the accuracy is going to be flexed. It's like a movie. When you watch, you know, Lawrence of Arabia or Saving Private Ryan or anything like that, you know it's not 100% historically accurate, like, they do take some uh, liberties to make it, you know, thematic, or to make it like a video game in this case, and that makes sense, but when you go to a certain length, that it pulls you out of the experience, and, you know, because that's what the game is, it's supposed to immerse you in this other time, uh, you know, the 1940s or whatever, and to sort of, you know, um, fully uh, s- submerge, submerge you in it, and when you Take that away, it takes away the effect and the experience, you know, and it's just it ruins it.
0: Well, yeah, there's no point, like, there's no value added when you have, like, you know, some gay flag in RuneScape. Like, you know, they don't have all these other flags, you don't have, like, I like, you know, black pride flags in RuneScape, and please don't do that, Jagex. I don't want to see that (laughs) in RuneScape. Like we don't need that politics in in the video game. Just let people do video game. Like they have their own internal politics. You know, they they had like events before with like you know the the goblin one, with like the cave goblins. They had this like you know that was like an allusion to the KKK with the hand people. And if you want to do stuff like that, like yeah, that was an actual thing. Like yeah, the quest death to the dwarves. They they literally go around like pink robes, and well, they go and, like, kill goblins, and it's, like, an allegory for, like, uh, the black people. See, but an
1: allegory's fine, because it's subtle. Like, it's not, you know, obvious and literal. That's, like, the point of an allegory, and that's what's interesting about, it. like, you know, but, you know, like, I remember, like, even what was, what was pretty funny was, like, in reaction to the gay pride thing, like, a bunch of trolls got on RuneScape and, like, dressed as clansmen. <laughs> <laughs> and started like marching with you know, against the gay pride thing like obviously i don't you know uh i don't like the kkk at all they're awful terrible people like the scum of the earth but it's obviously a trolly thing like none of those people were actual clansmen or actual like supporters of it like they're just doing it to fuck back with uh jagex or uh, whoever yeah. makes it yeah, yeah.
0: like you yeah, know, they just don't need that in runescape like there's you can go and do like you know if they did like an allegory, it'd be fine. But I don't know why we even need that. We don't need to have this in RuneScape. Like yeah. if you want to be gay, you can be a gay. You know, you can say you're gay. You can talk about it. To oh, your but you
1: friends. can apparently.
0: Turn the word filter off. you can yeah. do it. you can say you suck dick on there, and they won't. And they won't censor it if you turn the word filter off. Thank God. Yeah. You can actually curse now. That back in the day, you'd have to like, you know, do spaces and all this other crap. But, yeah, like, I remember that. They they don't really like need to have this pushed by the administration like you know no one was there was never like a big you know people like killing other people for being gay on there like if that just didn't happen and maybe like one or a couple of trolls did but it wasn't like a huge issue and the only time it was an issue is when you guys pushed it on people and they just you know that's the thing with the media too like them I think we need to want them like a state of movies because that's definitely you know they're pushing politics and stuff in there. But, uh, you know, that's, that just pisses me off, because it seems like every game, especially, like, you know, these indie games, uh, all, like, pretty much, like, three-quarters of the indie games are pushing some, like, social justice narrative. Like, I mm. know, the big one I can think of is, like, Gone Home, which was, like, an utter piece of crap, and the only thing, like, people started praising it, the game magazines and the game review sites were like, oh, this was so progressive. So it was, like, I think the person Gone Home, she, like, went, I think it was, it was, like, this walking simulator, Mm-hmm. Sort of game. Was oh, like, no. Did wow, she right. No, like her sister was a lesbian <laughs> or something. That was like the whole thing. You could literally beat the game in like four minutes, but like <laughs> and it was like some like modern art crap game.
1: Oh and, like, fucking pretentious shit like that.
0: Yeah, it's like one of those pretentious art games, like, <laughs> you know, why is and this got like ninety-four percent off of these like game journal websites. Like you know, do we really need that in this in this game world? Yeah. We really need to have like these gay and like pushing so much political crap in there. And you know, there's like I think they there was like one guy like E3 or something. He had like this one game. who was gonna like post, gonna go like push against communism. He got like so much <laughs> shit for that.
1: Wow, it's
0: like some steampunk game that was like really against communism. He got, like, blacklisted for that shit. But, <laughs> like, you know, you, you have a game about, like, some gay bisexual, like, time traveler. You know, you'll get, <laughs> like, five out of five reviews even you know, if you just yeah. do nothing but walk around. Well, and, you know, it was like in that...
1: Uh, I remember I was watching the IGN review for Call of Duty World War II, and the the person that was doing the review of the video said, and hey, you can play as... Uh, um, Multiple genders or something, she said, and people in the comments were whipping her up, and they were you know it got the you know it got uh, disliked like you know so much so I think that over um, it was more than the likes like people were like you know going and laying into her, and you know the problem with this is that people forget is that. It's not that the people that are bitching about these things, like let's take the uh, gay pride parade in RuneScape, for example, or this want the lesbian. It's not that people hate gays or that they're anti-gay or that they don't want gay marriage. Like, I know some of these things are a little controversial, but by and large, society is perfectly fine with gay people. The problem they have is when you force things on them, when you say, you have to accept this, you have to like this, and you have to um, you know, have you know, uh, experience this in some way. It's like, no, we, you, we don't need to force that on us. We're perfectly fine with accepting them, and we're perfectly fine with their existence. You know, we don't want to throw them off of buildings like some people in the Middle East. But when you do this stuff, you then create a reaction to that. You know, this action has a reaction. And then you do get some people that may become more anti-gay than they actually would be. So they're almost uh, counterproductive in their goals of making people more accepting and tolerant of, uh, for example, gay people. And they actually make them more intolerant. You know,
0: it,
1: it, it, they they don't understand this. They don't understand that people just don't like things forced on them, especially things that are not normal.
0: Oh, and, and another thing, too, that pisses me off is, like, kind of going off a of social justice rant that is so related because it's, like, feminists. They, They're trying to go and, like, shame the shit out of people, like... Dead or Alive uh, Five, which is I don't know if you're familiar with that series of space. zombie thing? No, it's like scantily clad like women like fighting game, but then they have like a beach volleyball version. And the the developer got so much shit by the feminists in America, they had to go and like tune down the uh, like jiggly boobs and stuff (laughs) like that because like people got offended. What? Like you know, I don't see them going to the strip clubs and like the (laughs) feminists going in there and like demanding that they like not strip or, like, allow oh, well, trans strippers or something. Yeah, you
1: don't see them yeah. protesting Stormy Daniels' uh, behavior at strip clubs.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Like, but, you yeah, know, they'll go in the video games, and they tried to go and get, uh was it, dating simulators banned from uh, Steam because it was, like, offensive to feminists because you, like, can have sex with people or something or date people. And they always throw, like, a bitch fit about, like, Grand Theft Auto, and it's just, like... You know, if oh you just let God. people play their games in peace? But, yeah. uh, you know, another fan that pisses me off in general about games recently is this Battle Royale, like, phenomenon. It's, like, it's just, like, become a theme. Like, it was the a meme. meme. <laughs> like, and they had Fortnite, and, you know, that's fine. Those two games are fine. I don't really like Fortnite, though, because it's just, like, there's so much fucking, like, weapon bloom with it. Like, and that's a that's just a whole meme in itself. Like, fucking weapon bloom. <laughs> you email someone and, you know, the, the, the thing lines up, it should go where it goes. But, like, you know, uh, call it, like Halo Reach was really bad with this because, like, when you aimed at people, it not go directly where the gun was aimed at the bullet. No, it would go, like, potentially go in this, like, little radius. And then uh, Fortnite's really bad with that. And, like, they started to go and do that with... Um, like you know, Halo, and that's just like you know, Halo. Halo. I think they started actually taking up like Fortnite. It's just bullshit. That's why I don't even like it. One of the reasons. But like now, this battle royale mode is going everywhere. It's not even just Fortnite, PUBG, and like Arma or like one of whatever games it originated on. Now they need it in fucking RuneScape. There is there at least there was a, a mode in there that was a battle royale mode. I think it was uh, Last Man Standing or like Dead Man. Yeah, And, like, it was... Why do we need that in RuneScape? Like, no, that no, that's just bullshit. That's beyond ridiculous. Yeah,
1: and now Call of Yeah, well, yeah. I was just about to say it, but keep going.
0: Yeah, but now Call of Duty and Battlefield are playing into this as well. Like, you know, they have... They both have Battle Royale in there. It's like, why do we need that in Call of Duty? Like, I honestly don't even like that game mode. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, oh, it's cool, but, like, it's... A, you know they have games dedicated to this. Why are we going to put this in Call of Duty and Battlefield? Like, mm. you know, why both of them too? It's just like, oh, I see you kids like this thing, so we're going to put this in here. It's like the guy who made the uh, fidget spinner fan. It's like probably some <laughs> old boomer who's like, oh, this sounds like a, oh, I bet all the kids dig this stuff. And you know, no, it's just, it's just a force mean. Please, you know, stop doing that. <laughs> you just uh, compared fucking
1: battle royale to fidget spinners. <laughs>
0: They have a fidget spinner phone. I see advertisements <laughs> for. not made a cell phone. It's a fidget spinner, and it's like one of them shitty mm. flip phones sort of things. I don't know how they're gonna make any money off that. But uh, anyways,
1: yeah. Another
0: thing that pisses me off is oh, like. Wait, games can screen. I
1: comment on? Can I comment on the yeah. battle royale? Yeah, I wanted yeah. to say that. Uh, yeah, it's become such a. It's one of those things. It's like a trendy thing, and now everybody's doing it. I can kind of understand Call of Duty and Battlefield. Like, yo, somebody pitching it, saying like this would be a cool thing in our game. Because you know, they obviously have better graphics and all kinds of guns and gameplay and all, yada yada yada. But it's one of those things that I think is going to die out, and it may always be in their games. Like I, I'm not going to lie. I've only played PUBG like, a few times when I was at a friends' place, and I have not played Fortnite. So I don't have the best, uh,
0: you know. It's the social justice version of that. Pretty much, it's like, oh, oh look, God. we have like this this uh, woman who may or may not be, you know, this you could be a lesbian with like purple hair as, like, the main thing on here. Ooh, look how progressive we are. And there's, like, a black dude and a robot. Oh, well, and it's not that there's a, there's anything wrong with that, but, like, it just seems like it's being forced, it's forced. Like, like you know, but that's their thing. They can do it. But, like, it's just going everywhere. Like, and I think Call of Duty, they're taking out the story mode to go and put on a freaking Battle Royale.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, that is what I was gonna mention, is that when you remove... Core features that everybody loves, like campaign or story stuff, that takes actual work and creativity and writing skills and talent to make. And you just put a battle royale, and it probably took you guys like a few, you know, maybe you add a map or two, but like and adjusted some things, but it doesn't take much for you to add that, you know. And it, it just feels sort of cheap, and you know, and sort of yeah, you've, the product just feels cheap, and but like I said, I think the game mode, like I said, it, it is a cool idea because you're kind of like on your own and. You know, you're fending for yourself, and you gotta think smart about things. And it's you know, it can be pretty strategic, but again, it's like, like it's, it's just a forced meme. You know, I'll I'd have to play to f- get my final verdict, but at the moment, it's just a forced meme.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it has any real need there. And then, like you know, another thing that's pissing me off too is like incomplete games. Like these days, yep. when you buy a game. 9 out of 10 times, it's not even, like, complete on the on the ground up. Like, you know, the big one with this is Destiny 1 and 2. Like, Destiny 1, yeah. I was like, oh, this is supposed to be, like, Halo. And then I played it, and I beat it, like, the story mode in there within, like, a day or two. And then it's just, like, going on these raids. And, there were, and I didn't think I had raids at the beginning. You had to go and, like, wait for the first expansion pack, I think, for, like, wait a couple months for the first raid to drop. And then, like, they were missing so many features. And, like, by the time... Because I, I got the Season Pass for and this game really pissed me off, because I bought a Season Pass, and that didn't even give me all the DLC. There was, like, extra DLC added to it that was not included in my Season Pass. Yeah. So, I, like, I stopped playing. I was, like, pissed off, but, like, it was incomplete. Like, by the time that the first expansion packer was, like, the wolf, you know, there was, like, some sort of wolf thing, like, Iron Wolf or whatever the hell they called it, like, the last expansion I played, And, like, by that time, if that would have released like that, it would have been a good game. But, like, it took it, like, I think, like, six months or, like, nine months for it to get to that point. And I heard Destiny 2 is just as bad, if not worse. Like, Destiny 1 had more content than Destiny 2 did on, like, day one. Like, you know, that's just bullshit. Now, Star Citizen, another good example. That game's been in production or, like, pre-release for, like, five or six years. And, you know, it's still not released yet. It's still buggy as shit. They still have all sorts of issues with it. Battlefront One and Two, no one especially, because I don't oh. think they had like a story mode when it first dropped, which is yeah, you know, no,
1: they had no story and they only had I think four maps or four planets, whereas the first two original Battlefronts had maybe like twenty or you know more, like there was so much you could do, and it got from what I heard the first one got so boring so quickly, just Endor, Tatooine, Hoth. And I think that's it. It might have just been three. I don't even know what the fourth one was. Oh, it was like that uh, Volcanic Planet um, from the sequel trilogy. Yeah. That's it? Like, there's no content there. You know, you're paying $60 and you get four maps.
0: It's like, what's that, you know? They get better deals from the original Battlefield game, or Battlefront games. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do they just stop making games that were complete? And, like, same thing, like, No Man's Sky. That's probably, like, the one of the century. Like, when that game dropped, it was such a meme. It was so terrible. Like, it was just, like, it was promised, like, the whole world, and what they got was, like, oh, you know, they don't really have multiplayer in it, like, that we would think of as multiplayer. Yeah. And, like, boring as shit. And, like, na- just now they're starting to make it, like, dec- like, somewhat playable. Like, months and months after the game was released, if not, like, I don't even know when the hell that was released. I'm glad I didn't buy that game, though. But, like, it was just so broken when it came out. Like, come on, guys, that's that's not acceptable. Like, why did we ever get to the point where we found these sort of games acceptable? Because, like, every AAA game it seems does this. And that's why I have yep. expansion packs. Yeah. Because they don't release the games that are complete these days. You know, like, no, like, at least not from AAAs for the most part. And another issue, too, is, like, you know, speaking of incomplete games, like, I think Halo 5, they got rid of... Was Halo, yeah, it was Halo 5, they didn't have couch co-op. Like, there's very few games these days, in general, that like have couch co-op as any sort of fun feature. The last good couch co-op game I think I played was uh, Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U. That was the only real decent game with couch co-op. And if they do have another it ones, it's like shitty and like laggy. Like, and I think they do that because they want you to go and play it out. So you have to go and buy two copies.
1: Oh like, yeah.
0: This, of course, is a money thing. It's just like. You know, how many games these days have couch co op? Like, none. Like, when Civ 5 first came out, they didn't even have hot seat mode for it on the same thing on your same computer. And that was like a staple of series. You know, my friend used to do that all the time with like Civ 4. Then when Civ 5 dropped, they didn't have that. And that's, that's like a core gameplay feature. And, you know, just another sort of a trend recently is the they're getting rid of like physical game copies and like, you know, starting to go and do a lot of these uh, online distribution which i have mixed feelings about on the one hand it's kind of cool because like you can you don't have to worry about finding your game discs you can save multiple games to the hard drive but on the other hand like 10 years from now let's say you boot up your xbox and you don't have your old account you know you're screwed all those games you spent like hundreds if not thousands of dollars on and like hours and hours like getting them up they're gone You know, and, like, if that Xbox ever goes defunct, you know, and you save them to the cloud, then you're screwed. And then on top of that, they have games like SimCity, like the new one, where they have always-on multiplayer. Like, a lot of these games, might not even... And that didn't even really need it. Like, I don't think they should... Like, unless it's, like, an MMO game, they really don't need it. Or, like, you know, Destiny, I can understand why they have always-on multiplayer. But, you know, they don't real. I don't think they should really have that. And um, yeah, like the last big thing is like you know mobile games and
1: Bro, they're like we, really. Before we go on to that, I was gonna add that, uh, you know, this the problem. This is also where they're getting sort of a, a gateway to making complete games is because when stuff is online, well, they they just go, oh, don't worry, we'll release a a patch or a bug fix. You know, we'll we'll send it out. And you can download it. It's like, well, that's nice that you're fixing it, but it shouldn't have been broken to begin with. And that's what they're doing with all these online, you know, like you can buy through Origin or all these things or the Microsoft Store or whatever. And you get these games online, which I like in terms of, like, I can play it anywhere. I can download it on anywhere because it's on my account. But like you said, in 10 years, well, if you forget your password. But more or less is that they're using this to, you know, make you download more crap. You know, download patches. They can get away with, you know, giving you a broken game that has bugs and all kinds of crap and people keep paying for it
0: yeah that's the thing like see if i lost my steam library no i'd be because i have like so many games on there and if i like lost access to my steam account for whatever reason i'd be completely screwed I, yeah. i'd have like no real way to go and get them back even though i like download these games to my hard drive i wouldn't even be able to go and play them and yeah. like i yeah. think this is a form of drm which i guess is you know better than like having to go and read through and like have other software installed on your computer but, yeah. even, but even then it gets you know you're gonna lose them at some point You know, like they had collectible games you know back in the day and nowadays they're not gonna be collectible because they require like day one patches and all this stuff like i think having games always online makes people lazier because now they release an unfinished product they have like yearly releases for games like Call of Duty's a big one, like Assassin's Creed, for a while they were on that. I think they've been better recently. I haven't I haven't played them since the third one.
1: Yeah, Origins has been pretty good.
0: (laughs) And that was like the last decent one was like the third one that I played. But like, you know, it's just like a terrible sort of like trend. And then just in general, like, you know, another trend that just kind of makes me sad is like mobile games, like nine out of ten of them are just like terrible and completely microtransaction like major gameplay microtransaction like base. Like like all of them they're, and they're all terrible. They could be fun games. like I'd rather just play like if they release like old games like emulators and stuff like you know, for even first party ones, if micro or uh, Nintendo released them onto the phone, I would I would pay like twenty dollars if I got like a good game, like an emulated game on my phone instead of like these crappy games they got now, which are just like it's not even fun to go and play. And they, and they all and they have like this Facebook integration and they're all just pretty terrible and it's like, oh you need to go and like get more tokens. Like that it's it's just like I, I'm playing this one game, i it was I forget the name of it, it was some like trivia sort of thing where like you had to go and beat someone else at asking like they'll ask questions and like heads name up. Words. You like they, they has like a question like how many uh girl what's the like list of a bunch of like word, girls' names to start with the letter B. But then they have these like cheats on there, and you can go and use them. It's like completely game breaking because you know you could just go and pay money for it, and win. So there's no point of even playing them, and that just pisses me off. And like you know, if you have a kid and they see these games, they're not even that fun to begin with. Like they're terrible. They have the hardware on these like you know phones where they could run like pretty decent games. Oh yeah, But, oh, yeah. but no, they they don't release them by and large. I haven't seen any good games like released on the phones. And, like, ever. well, They've never really released any good film games, and so they have the opportunity to.
1: I think if you're on iOS, there's definitely a, quite a lot of actually well-designed games in terms of aesthetics and graphics. And I'm not just talking about the high-detailed stuff, because, like, I think Infinity Blade was one of those, those high-detailed. And I think, either the people that make Elder Scrolls, or there is an Elder Scrolls game that's coming out on iOS, it looks pretty awesome. But even like stuff that's like uh, you know that's two D and sort of uh, stylized stuff can be pretty cool and pretty neat to play. Uh, and I've done a few of those. Like I think one I was playing recently is called Ava, and it was like this sort of flight thing. I got kind of bored with the actual gameplay, but it looked pretty. And there are some other pretty stuff uh, that I just hadn't played because you had to pay money for it. And that's one of the other things is like a lot of these mobile games. Like I just don't want to buy them. Like I don't feel the I know a lot of them are real cheap, so I don't I don't want to sound like a cheapscape here, but it's just like I don't see the value in terms of, you know, buying an app that I might play a few times but probably never play again because I, I just generally don't have time to do gaming much anymore because I'm just so busy with all kinds of stuff. But uh, I do understand what you're saying in the sense that a lot of them suck because a lot of them really do get that sort of buzz that, you know, in terms of, like, a Call of Duty. Like, yeah, Angry Birds was a big deal. Plants vs. Zombies. Stuff like that. Fruit Ninja. But that's, you know, that's kind of like the old-school classics, I guess, you could say, of mobile gaming. But, and I know a lot of people that play that, and we talk about. Uh, but, you know, like, Plants vs. zombie. Like, the first one had no microtransactions, I can remember. The second one actually handled microtransactions well. In the sense that you could unlock everything and do everything for free. And you could, you know download the game for free and all that but if you want to like advance to stuff quickly or do stuff quickly or unlock a world you could you know use a microtransaction but you didn't need to do it and that was what was cool about that but uh, mobile games I see a potential for and you can get really creative with them and the two I'll, uh, examples I'll bring up is uh, Heads Up and Pokemon Go Heads Up I, I remember playing that in high school A lot of friends it was really fun you could, it was interactive in the sense that you, you, you interacted with the person and not really the phone. And that, the phone was obviously an important part of it. And that's the game. But you were still interacting with the person, you know, trying to guess whatever the uh, thing was. And that, that was you know, that was cool. And that was fun. Uh, Pokemon Go, which I actually didn't play. I still haven't played it to this day. But I, I might try at one point. I mean, it's kind of a dead meme at this point. But when that came out for a few weeks or months in that summer of two years ago, you know it was, it was a phenomenon because people were actually going outside, looking at the world and catching Pokemon, you know through the augmented reality uh, that the app created. Which I, again, that was a creative, cool thing. You know it was a it was a a, a quick little meme that lasted a few weeks to a month. But it's because I think because Nintendo is kind of you know stupid, and they they don't seem to adapt. I mean, you know they. they... Oh, no, no,
0: here's here's the thing. They they gave it out to a third party developer who made another oh. game that was kind of similar. And the thing Pokemon Go, the the problem is you couldn't actually like fight your Pokemon like you would traditionally. You couldn't go up to another trainer and trade the Pokemon.
1: Oh. You
0: like, have them actually like do a legit Pokemon fight like. Have like, the Pokemon games where you get, like, the move sets or whatever, and, like, or maybe do something else? Like, the only way you can have them fight is when you go to the gym. And, like, that's bullshit. Now, apparently, they update it so, like, you can trade them now, but they have to go and, like, yeah. pay money or something. Oh, or, that's
1: stupid.
0: Or, like, earn these points. It's just, like, why would you want to do that? And, like, depends on the rarity of the Pokemon, too. It's just, like, not even fun when they do stuff like that.
1: See, and like, what they could have done is, like, The first launch was just what you know, the Pokemon Go that we all know, which is you go out and collect Pokemon, and maybe in like two months, you know, right when it was about to die, they could have released an update where you could trade your Pokemons and fight them with people, like you were saying, like classic Pokemon games, and then that would have kept it going for a while. Like, I I just don't understand their strategy in the whole thing. It's almost like they had this good idea, but and they executed it pretty well, but then they did nothing else with it. Like, they just stopped caring about it. Like, I, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't know what it is. If it's, you know, the Nintendo oversight or the third party that they had yeah, it to. it's
0: the Disney tech that fucked it up.
1: Okay. It's
0: yeah, and it's best. just, like,
1: why... Ugh, it's frustrating, because, like, y- you could see something, a good concept there that just didn't get enough fuel. And, I mean, part of that's because, like, Things die out quickly today, but you know, I I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I don't know how I could entirely fix. Now, I'm trying to figure out solutions to these problems we're mentioning, but that, that's another problem. With the state of gaming is that it's become stale. I mean, if you want the absolute state of gaming is stale right now. I mean, Battlefield Five had some cool stuff I saw. I remember when we were watching the E3 video where like you could move some of the weaponry around, you know, the vehicles could, like, tone, you know, big guns, you know, gunners around, you know, and you could rebuild, you know, objects that were destroyed. Like, that's some cool innovative stuff that nobody's done before. But, like, beyond that, like, nothing interesting really happened. You know, I mean, I think the last real interesting thing was the Wii. And that was interesting for quite a while, but Nintendo was stupid and didn't give it good graphics. And, you know, it was, you know... It was cool, but, you know, no AAA games were on it, and I think that's the problem, is that they're relying on trends right now, and, you know, the trends aren't really that interesting, like, Fortnite is the biggest thing in a while, Pokemon Go is the biggest thing in a while, but it's just not, I I mean, I don't want to sound like somebody's like, oh, back in my day, you know, games were better, but... They honestly were. were.
0: <laughs> they released complete games. They didn't put politics in them. You don't have to worry about no online stuff so no microtransactions. Like, you know, some of our games may have been a little more. But even then, like modern games are more buggy, to be honest. Yeah. But, like, and, and like the Xbox and like the PlayStation, like there's barely any differences between the two of them. And yeah. then like the only one that like changes anything up is Nintendo with the Switch and the Wii U. The Wii U was a disaster, but the Switch is yeah. actually doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Like they need to go and make people question. You know why should I go and buy this system as opposed to, just, you know, buying games online? Necessarily needs to answer that question because why should I? Why should I just not buy it on the computer and buy it for the PlayStation?
1: Yeah, they
0: need to come up with some sort of innovation, and not some bullshit like Kinect stuff. Okay. No one wants to deal with that. You know, like Nintendo, like Xbox, when they did their E3 thing, and they scared off a bunch of people by saying always on multiplayer, and you had to have the Connect on. Yeah.
1: And watch. It's Like no. Oh, that was so bad. Where yeah, you had to have the Xbox always uh, connected to the internet for you to actually use it. You know, what if I don't know your internet went down and you still wanted to play your games because you couldn't do much else? You can't do that, and then the Connect was always on with that camera, always on. Like, isn't that a little Big Brother much? You know, it's just, they do such stupid things. I mean, (laughs) you know, it's like, wouldn't somebody have raised their hand at one of those meetings and been like, "Uh, boss, this might be uh, a bad idea because of X, Y, and Z. Like, maybe people are bringing those things up and they're getting shot down. But I think there's a big disconnect from the gaming industry and the gamers. There's no... Yeah, like, the biggest example of this really is Battlefront. The first two Battlefronts were fun games, shitty graphics, you know, in today's world, but fun, you know, just that you could tell people made it love stars, and they loved games, and they loved fun. The new ones, you can tell, are made by people that made Battlefield, that work at DICE, and are trying to, you know, reskin Battlefield, and it was not as fun as the original the graphics were pretty of course and the sound design was awesome you know the technical stuff was there but the gameplay wasn't there the gameplay was bad the technical was good the gameplay was bad and you know you got to have both you got to have both you really do i mean gameplay is always king it's like with videos content's always king story's always king you got to have that stuff down you know i mean gta's always going to be pretty awesome and that's always going to be interesting and there's a new game coming out called Cyberpunk 2077. I think they got the date right, which looks like a really cool game. And it, you know, it's been in production a long time. They put a lot of work into it. It's going to be this open world, you know, cyberpunk, uh, you know, a- uh, world. It's going to have a lot of cool stuff. And it's actually going to sound kind of innovative in terms of the way they're incorporating technology into it. But you know. A game like that's like a one in a million. Like you're not going to see many of those because it, it takes a while to make it. And they, I, you know, Call of Duty and Battlefield have this mentality where they gotta, they gotta have a new game every year. It's gotta meet that deadline. Yes, they have different studios doing them, but they, this, this idea that you gotta,
0: does. I don't think Battlefield does.
1: Oh, really? It's just once a yeah. year. Yeah, and I think Battlefield's not every year. I screw that up. But, but Call of Duty, it's every year. And Assassin's Creed was, uh, I think, every year for a while. Now they kind of took a break and they actually had a good game with Origins. But, like, you know, you, 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 got, you got to slow down this production line. Quality over quantity.
0: Yeah, like release actual games. Like, see, I think it would be nice if they released full games. Yeah. Again. Like release full games again. They got the politics out of the games. Like, even if you're so, like, I wouldn't want really to have you super conservative politics is, like, jammed down in games. Like, There's no politics. Yeah, just, you know, if it's going to be a political game, that's fine, but, like, you don't need to make every fucking game have some political angle to it. Like, yeah. you know, that's, that shouldn't be the way it is. People don't generally like that. You know, maybe the game reviewers do, but the game reviewers, like, you know, the big ones, like, you know, like Game Informer sort of folks, they're not the regular people. You know, yeah. it's you know, and like the and my my forecast. You know, I'm looking out for that new uh, that new Red Dead game. That'll probably be something interesting. The cyberpunk will probably be something interesting. I actually oh, yeah. am looking forward to Battlefield Five. Yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it too. Actually, you know, it looks fine other than like the uh, the social justice aspects of it. But in general, it looks like a fine game. That's you know, those are the big ones I'm looking forward to. But uh, you know. As of right now, that's kind of what I see the game world as. They're just releasing incomplete games where you have less features, you know, in some aspects than you did a decade ago. You know, where you can't really sit down with your buddies and play games unless you have, like, another television and uh, another game system and another copy of the game with you. And that's just a shame.
1: Yeah, because I was at my one friend at college's uh, place... And he had two TVs set up and two Xboxes. And he's like, oh, my roommate plays on that one. I'm like, can't you do co-op? He's like, no. I was like, what? <laughs> Yo, what is this? Like, what? Yeah, that was the, the it's gang. And, you know, you, they talk about, you know, our generation interacting with each other less. Like, that's part of the problem right there. You can't even, even in, when you do a video game, you can't even have co-op. Like, I, I would play with my brother all the time, like on the PlayStation 2 when we were young. It's It's such a... You know, a, a basic thing, but no nope, gotta get more money, gotta make him buy two copies. You know, it's just, oh, it's frustrating. Like, I, I'm being a dead horse here, but it's like, I, I mean, it's something so basic. It's it, it, it gives, it's part of the experience of gaming, is that you can have a friend over and play a game together. But nope, can't do that now.
0: Well, yeah, and then another thing, too, is like, you know, call, the Call of Duties and the Battle. They've already done just about every, like, you know, major, you know, they've done like these wars. It's like, Oh, we did world war one. We did world war two. We did modern warfare. We did future warfare. Why don't they go like looking at new ground? Like there's a bunch of other wars you could do it on
1: Korean war.
0: Rhodesia. I'd I'd play that. I'm sure there'd be a decent bit of people who would play that. And there's just like, just in Africa, there's like a bunch of different wars. Yeah, you know, you know, Korea—that's that's a big one too. I haven't seen any Korean war games. I haven't seen it, like that many Vietnam games. A, a Vietnam Battlefield a while ago, and like I guess Call of Duty kind of did that with Black Ops One, but it's, they still have a bunch more they could deal with. But they keep going back to these like tried and true methods, and they're just laziness. And you can't expect anything from the indie field because most of them are just like pretentious art games, anyways. Yeah, because if you want to get any sort of like. In, like, influence, you have to go make social justice games and have, like, a, a trans developer and make it just, like, this bullshit game you made on a shoestring budget that, like, nobody but the game reviewers want to play. And that's that's the real sad part, you know? And we're ma- they're making games to the game reviewers, not the actual gamers. Yeah. Like the games just don't even seem as fun as they used to. Like, and yeah, that's a sad thing. Like, it's not that, like, I don't like games as much just that there's very few, like, really innovative game tells Like, even Civilization! Like, you know, they don't have they, they keep, like, not adding, like, important civs. They keep adding, like, you know, Ashoka of uh, African Nation of uh, Zanzibar is now Civilization and then they still don't have, like, Ireland in there. You know, stuff like that. I mean, maybe they do have them now. I don't really pay as much attention, but there's a bunch of, like, just bullshit random civs in there, and they should be adding, like, Major ones are like fixing the gameplay of it because honestly, it wasn't all that fun. It just kind of feels like Civ 5 Part 2, the new Civ 6 game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just sort of, you know, the, the, the core of this problem is that the market isn't reacting the way it should. The market, the gamers, they should be boycotting games and just, just stop buying them. You know, that, people shouldn't have bought Battlefront 2. I'm not trying to lump you into that camp and say you should have bought it, because I'm not going to lie, they look pretty compelling, because they had a lot of cool maps, like from the prequels and all that. But you got to put your foot down at some point. And you got to say, all right, you guys aren't giving me what we uh, what we want, so we're not going to buy your games anymore. We're not going to buy the next Call of Duty. We're not going to buy the next Civ. And that's the only way you're going to get them to change, is where you hit them... Where the only place that matters, which is the money, because that's all they care about. They all they care about really is money. These big studios become, justice. yeah, and social justice. They become obsessed. We need a Gamergate like two point because they become so obsessed with profit and social justice that you know it, it it's become a cancer that you you got to stop. And nobody's doing it because they want that Call of Duty and they can't resist it. And there's a lot of big names that they gotta also buy because they gotta review, because they gotta make videos and all, and I understand that, but you have to put your foot down. And maybe that'd be a a, a big deal if, like, let's say Angry Joe or IGN or some of these big names just said, we're not gonna review uh, such and such because for the sake of the future of the franchise, we gotta boycott it.
0: He wouldn't do that.
1: I know that's you the problem,
0: and like people just need to stop like watching you know stop dealing with that stuff, and you know, honestly, I haven't bought that many games recently. I think the last major one I bought was Battlefield or Battlefront, Battlefront 2, and that was like a big disappointment, and that's why I haven't bought more of them because they're just terrible, like yeah, I think you have like some people like you know indie guys, you know just start coding and shit, make something interesting, and then like crowdfund it' because we have the opportunity to do that. Well, oh, that's what's done.
1: hard, is that it's hard to have competition with these big studios because you have these massive barriers to entry. You have to have a lot of people that n- need to know how to do a lot of things to create these you know, sophisticated graphics and these engines. So that's, it's hard to get into it and to create competition. That's why you have these AAA big studios. Well, yeah, but look what PUBG did. You know,
0: that was like an indie game when that started, and then they had like... now. Trying to go and copy them, but it still took them so long to do that. And they they already made a bunch of money. And like, look at uh, Verdun. Yeah. Like that was before they had any World War One simulator games. And you know, then they had Battlefield One. Like they can beat them to the punch. They just need to go like market that better. But they still made a decent profit from that.
1: Yeah, and it's because it's about gameplay. People care about the gameplay. Gameplay's king. And if marketed correctly and told to the right people, you can get it out there and you can make some decent money on it.
0: Like you know, we don't all need. Everyone doesn't need to have HD, like super high quality graphics. Like honestly, if the gameplay is good, I'd still play it. Like I've, I've played retro games before. A lot of people are fine with retro games. Like you know, yeah. uh, Fortnite. That game doesn't look all that great. No. You know, but people still play it. You know, that's, well, look that's,
1: at look at Wii Sports. Like that was the shit. You know, Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort was like the shit because of the that, gameplay.
0: That had to deal with a lot of other factors too. So that applied. That game was like really popular. One because it was like super awesome, like couch co-op. Well, well, it wasn't on the couch. So you had to stand they up. Yeah, you
1: had to st- get your ass up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like an, it was a co-op game, and it was like fun and interactive. You actually got yourself moving. And like another thing was that like appealed to a market that wasn't traditionally gamers. Yeah, you know, a lot of old people, a lot of like really young kids and families. It was a game that everyone could play, and you know. Yeah. They need to go and start innovating and like stop in this like just these terrible things like microtransactions, just trying to be like lazy. If think it really makes them more profit, it like super like high profits is just like keeps it stable. It's less likely that they're like super risk averse now.
1: Yes. And that's
0: why we need to go and have smaller publishers who, you know, they're they have a bigger risk appetite, who'll be willing to go and try something interesting, who'll be willing to forego the social justice influencer, you know, God forbid, actually do something with a conservative slant on it because by and large, I think we're ready for it at this point.
1: Yeah. You know? Make gaming great again.
0: Yeah, you know, hopefully things will change, but it looks pretty grim right now. But um, yeah, I think that was, I think that's about it for the major issues I have, you know, yeah. with, for the major contentions and major trends for gaming in 2018.
1: Yeah, so to sum up, the absolute state of gaming is uh, Annoying microtransactions slash loot loot crates Annoying SJW influence and politics BS in general uh, The Battle Royale trendiness that has infected everything from Call of Duty to RuneScape uh, Incomplete and broken games like Battlefront 1 and 2 and no more couch co-op, so you can't have your friend over and play with them. And physical copies and always-on multiplayer is becoming an, another annoying trend. And then mobile games uh, are pretty much sucky or just not fun in general. And yeah. now we, you know, gamers haven't really risen up much yet. I mean, there's definitely been outrage and controversies that have gotten some big blowback, you know, like... I remember when e uh, on Reddit when the uh, Star Wars Battlefront uh, subreddit had one of the guys from EA on. They're doing an the AMA, you know, trying to resolve the controversy. Just got shit slung at him. It was like the most downvoted post on Reddit history. You know, it's like there is that fight in these gamers, but it isn't to the point of boycott. And I think that's the biggest problem um, in the absolute state of gaming is that the, the gamers haven't. Uh, Come to the point yet where they are willing to not buy a game. I think it's starting to happen, but it hasn't happened hard enough and fast enough to really have an effect. And that's what's gotta be. It's gotta be a you know, it might take a gamergate two points to make it happen. will need
0: that's that's I think exactly what we need. We need another yeah. gamer sort of level of rising up because the gaming industry is just gone so far to shit just yeah. recently, it's so it's, like, not fun as, like, not as fun as it was, like, a decade ago, you know, like, when you had games to look forward to, like, oh, you know, the new Halo would actually be something fun to play possibly, yeah. oh, you know, like, they had Smash Brothers that was actually fun, you know, I mean, I have a new one is pretty fun, too, but, like, you know, like, they had, ga- they had, like, a bunch of games that were awesome, and, you know, they didn't, like, EA wasn't as, like, ever-present and everything, and just, like, ruining stuff, like, we need yeah. that,
1: Yeah, they were at one point. They were the most hated company in America. I think they're like right behind Comcast. And we're at a point where we used to cheer when games had cool new features, but now we're cheering when they announce that they don't have microtransactions.
0: They take away something that no one wanted to begin with. Like you know, it's like oh, you know, we put this cancer in here. We're gonna take it out. Woo! Thank you for getting rid of that cancer that you guys put in there. Like no, no, that's not how you should make games. It should be like. About the gameplay first, it's nice to have fancy graphics, but honestly, it ain't it ain't make it a brick. And I, I think we will need to have another major like event, so, like on like even probably higher than Gamergate because this has just gotten beyond like ridiculous. It's not even fun. They, like these games aren't even fun by and large. They're just like big waste of money. And you know, like that's the thing. Like uh, Fortnite, it's like, oh, you can even watch other people play these games. It's more fun to have them to have like watch someone that actually play the game yourself because most yeah. of the time you're just kind of sitting there and then getting killed by some guy with a sniper rifle oh, up. You
1: know? Yeah, that, I mean, we're about to wrap this up here, but that's another, like, silly thing is, like, Twitch and people just watching people play games has become a weird phenomenon, where it's like you don't even play the game anymore. You watch people play the games.
0: Because they ain't fun, <laughs> but anyways, you know. Tell us what you think. If you if you think it's about time for another, you know, Gamergate. If you think that it was bad to begin with, I think we have to go and do a uh, historical lesson on that at some point in a, yeah. some sort of format because uh, some people might not been might not been there for the original Gamergate. They might be confused because the media has a way to spin things it's like this. You know, racist event. Or whatever they want to call it, anti-trans, anti-whatever, and you know what work with that, what didn't. But that's that's a story for another day. But anyways, you know, hopefully, you know, vote with your wallet. That's yep. the only way to get things to change. You know, boycott, just stop buying games, buy good ones, support ones that are you know not doing all these terrible things, and uh, we might see a better world.
1: Yeah, boycott and unveil corruption in the gaming industry. But, you know, like, comment down below, let us know your thoughts, and as always, subscribe to the channel. Uh, We want to get in the double digits soon, at least, and share this with everybody on Facebook, Twitter. I know they're throttling us, and they're pushing us down, and Facebook, you have to boost posts and pay money to boost them to actually get your content shown to all the people that follow you, so we need you to share this stuff for us. This content's not getting out there, and mainstream media and all these uh, fake news outlets are getting all the attention, and as uh, Mr. Alex said, they're the ones that spin GamerGate as this oh sexual harassment and racist and sexist of thing, you know, event when it was actually about unveiling the man-hating SJW feminist culture that was in gaming.
0: All right, but uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. You know, maybe we'll do a um, more and more widespread video that everyone will kind of be affected by for the next uh, state of video absolute state yep yeah see
1: ya see ya peace